Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Court Titano Podcast. Today, I'm Josh Shevinoff. He's the one and only Angel Ortega. A lot of stuff to talk about this. We got some UFC back. We got some bells. So we had some fan questions that were sent in by you guys. Trailer Fight Club and more. Before we get into that, I'll talk to you guys about Rogue Energy. Because Rogue Energy was founded in January 2017 to be the best gaming drink in the world. Built the premium sag of the former delicious energy and focus drink. Designed to replace unhealthy candidate drinks, coffee, and even pre-workouts. Rogue Energy is sugar-free and is loaded with vitamins, antioxidants, and nootropics. They designed Rogue Energy for the emerging professional competitive gaming, con- me, competitive gaming market. It continues to have fantastic career and success as students, athletes, entrepreneurs, and anyone looking to optimize their mental and physical performance. If you want 10% off your order, use the code SOUNDOFF at checkout. That's code SOUNDOFF at checkout for 10% of our energy needs. We'll talk about Rogue Energy later as well as our other sponsors of the show. Uh, but Angel, my guy, UFC is back. We had a one-week drought quite rough and uh well they're back with a card it's definitely all the cards that i've seen uh at least you know card announcements fully built cards this is one of them for sure 100 percent um main event anthony smith ryan span uh interesting fight i feel like this is kind of the one that they're looking to propel well we find out ryan span he's obviously 30 years old he's uh only has one loss in the ufc obviously to johnny walker outside of that he is perfect wins over sam alvey misha sirkinoff Devin Clark and, and obviously Little Nog. Um, this is really his chance, man. He's taking on a guy in Anthony Smith, a guy that's been top five for you know the last three, four years of this time. Uh, he's pretty much a gatekeeper, for lack of a better term. Angel, a lot of different X factors going into this one. Very close matchup. What do you think? You know, we talked about, what was it? I want to say, I don't know how long ago it was now exactly, but you remember coming out of Ryan uh, Spann's last fight, I talked about the fact of, like, how finally, after that performance that he had, I was like, okay, that that I was finally kind of impressed. Because, you know, for a while, both you and I both kind of mentioned the fact that we weren't really high on him, especially since he had that Sam Alley fight that we thought arguably Sam won. And kind of just there was just nothing there was nothing to impress me personally. There was just nothing that stood out. And the Misha Sergeant off one was saw. I thought Misha was going to win. I think we, I think we both picked Misha to win that. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, like you said, I was it was the Sam Alley split decision, in, uh, and then the Johnny Walker loss in between, and then the Misha Sirkinov loss, uh, this Misha Sirkinov uh, win following that, which kind of gave us some hope. Now he's kind of had the right climb, sort of right. Obviously, the Johnny Walker one was kind of thrown in there, kind of as a, you know, just a wrench. And uh, <clears throat> now he gets put against Anthony Smith, which I feel like. The way things are going for Anthony Smith, the way things are going for Ryan Spann, probably the right opponent, right? I, I don't think it's bad matchmaking. How do you, do you agree with that? Do you think they could have done someone differently? No, I think it's actually perfect matchmaking. I think we know what we have in Anthony Smith. I think he's a guy that's top five, top six, somewhere around there. But we clearly know his limit. Like, we know that he's not going to beat a guy where I don't think he beats Jan. I don't think he beats Glover. Like, obviously, is it possible he could? I mean, I suppose so. Anything's possible. But, like, we know that he's clearly in an echelon below that. And at this point, if Ryan Spann wants to prove that he's a top five guy, he needs to beat a guy like Anthony Smith. Like he's been he turned away Devin Clark, who, who was at the top 15 at the time and he was on a good run. He turned away, you know, Jimmy Cruton. He was on a run. 
now he gets to prove again. Like if it, if he wins this one, boom, he's right there potentially on the verge of a title shot, and now he can fight one of those top challengers again. So I think it's perfect matchmaking, actually. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, it's great. And honestly, a banger. I think this could be a banger. Uh, honestly, I think if it, if they allow it to happen, I think this could be you know, I think it'd be a great fight because uh, I mean we've seen Anthony Smith, man. He's a <laughs> he's a tough guy. Sometimes not for his own good, but but for <laughs> for the sake of our entertainment, sometimes it is, and sometimes not for the sake of entertainment. Sometimes we get worried. Uh, you know, as far as, far as my pick, man, I, I I'm actually feeling Anthony Smith. I know I, I did talk about Ryan's fan coming out, giving me a, a decent performance last time around. Well, I should say a decent performance, a good performance. He he came out and got a finish, but uh, I, I don't know if he's gonna get it done against Anthony Smith, man. I mean, if he does, I'll be impressed. On a five rounder, though, I mean, yeah, that's that's a tough ask. I'm gonna go Anthony Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, man. And look, I mean. We, we, I feel like a lot of the tight of the talk going in is about Ryan's fan, and it makes sense because we kind of know where Anthony's at, like I said. Um, that being said, though, man, I'm also going to go with Anthony Smith. I think he's the more proven guy, and as much as I was impressed with Ryan beating um, – I completely lost his name for – Sirkinov, excuse me. Uh, earlier this year, I was very impressed with that. I feel like uh, Span just kind of lacks the it factor. I know it's like a stupid thing to say. But there's like a certain thing of, like about him that just stops me from picking a guy like him. Because Anthony Smith, for all of his faults, and let's be clear, there's a lot of faults there. I mean, he's a very fun guy, but we clearly know his level. He's one thing, if not consistent. You know what I mean? And he's a guy that, like, if you go in there anything other than your A game, he's going to give you a rough night. And I feel like Ryan Spann is too inconsistent to actually be that top five level. Uh, so I am going to go ahead and take Anthony Smith as well. And Anthony Smith, dude, if he gets this, He's right there. I feel like it's very, very quiet. His last couple of wins, like he submitted Devin Clark. That was a relatively easy night at the office for him. He beats Jimmy Crute, who was super hyped up, massive favorite. And now he's going in there against another younger guy uh, who has a lot of hype around him. And now he's in a position where I think he's he's probably going to win this one as well. So we'll we'll see what happens, though. As far as the rest of the card goes, moving on down to the co-main event, also light heavyweights, both looking to get back on track. Devin Clark versus Eon Kutelaba. I mentioned Clark earlier when I was talking about Anthony Smith. This is a guy that at one point was on a pretty good run. He's very much back and forth when he started his UFC career. Then he won three of four. Has only lost two Ryan Span before losing to Anthony Smith in the main event back in November on ESPN card. Uh, Eon Kutelaba, on the other hand, at one point this guy was hyped up very, very much. He came into the UFC at the age of 22, had a lot of power, had a lot of hype behind him. And at one point, he looked pretty damn good since then, dude. It's all, I mean, since, you know, 2019, it's all been downhill for him. Two losses, both Magomed Ankalaya via knockout, and then he had a draw with Dustin Jacoby. Uh, both these guys need a win, my man. Who do you got coming out of it? Dude, I like I, I showed you, dude, like a week or two ago. I was like, dude, uh, Kutalava's been putting in that work in the gym. And granted, he's one of those guys who always comes in physically looking great. Obviously, the conditioning and the fight's been a different story. But... I saw a video of him working at the PI because I don't know if it was on the UFC's uh, Instagram or something, but he's getting that work in, man. It looks like he's been putting in that time. I don't know if that's going to eventually transition over to his conditioning. I hope it does. But he's one of those guys, man, that like for a round, he's fucking great. You know, after that, it's kind of, you know, that's a different story. Does he get it done against Evan Clark? That's that's the real question. You know, he's really young. I, I don't think that loss is going to define his whole career. I hope not, right? Because he's 27 years young, man. I mean, he has all the time in the world. I mean, he looks a little older than that. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought he was a little bit older, but no, he's 27 years young. Mm-hmm. And he's he's facing a guy in Devin Clark whose losses are against guys who are 
ranked or in, in really solid guys. Like he's never lost to anybody who, outside of someone early on in his career who wasn't, I'd say, kind of a good level. And uh, I think if Ian Kutalaba or Ian Kutalaba wants to cement himself and be like, you know, like a you know guy in this division, he needs to be beating a guy like Devin Clark. And obviously for Devin Clark to get back on that train, he needs to beat a guy like Kutalaba to be like, okay, I deserve to be in the rankings. I'm going to go Kutalaba. I feel pretty confident with it, like I said. He's been looking good on the gram. Granted, though, that's just the gram. Is it going to translate into the octagon? Yeah. It's, he looks good on the gram, but, dude, I just – it's a tough one, man. Devin Clark is a deceptively tough guy. Like, he's very – he's very underrated. And I feel like that Anthony Smith loss is not entirely indicative of how good of a fighter he is because he – I mean, he just went in there and got submitted immediately. Um, got dominated on the ground. He's very much an interesting guy. Like, he's still only 31 years old. I feel like he's taken a step up in his level. Like, he gave – Ryan Spann beat him. But like, he looked good before that. I feel like since the Alexander Rochester loss, he's looked relatively good in all – or very least decent in all his fights. Um, so it's going to be tough. I am going to take Eon Kute Lava, though. I feel like he's just more proven in terms of top-level guys. And it's not to shit on Devin Clark because I like the guy a lot. Every single interview I've seen with him, he seems like a relatively good guy. And I feel like he has improved. But I feel like Ian Kutilaba, dude, this is a guy that at one point I had so so much hype for, so much potential that I thought he had. And I think that's still somewhere with him, dude. I think that's still somewhere within him. Um, so I am going to go ahead and take Ian Kutilaba in the co-main. As far as the rest of the card goes, uh, it, there's there's a couple of fights here that I think are relatively interesting. Uh, it's a very deep card. This is a very, very long card. Uh, so what are some of the fights you want to go and highlight? I mean, we, you know, let's keep going on the main card, man. I mean, the fight that we kind of talked about, kind of potentially that we should have thought could have been the co-main, I mean, a weird fight. Christian Gallegos, Armin Saryukin, Josh. I mean, ranked fighter versus unranked. And a uh, big pro. I mean, just a big pro. But, when I, you know, a prospect that maybe isn't talked a lot about, but if if you keep up, you know about Armin. You know, we know he's he's in the mix, you know. And he's a guy that, you know, we, every time we talk about lightweight guys that, have a lot of pictures. Armin's one of the guys who pops in in our head and that we mentioned most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Armand Sarukin is a guy that I've had, like, ever since he, um, obviously, he fought on short notice on, like, a really, like, a small Russian card, I believe. Um, whenever he fought Islam Makachev, he came on short notice, had no real hype around him, and he gave Islam hell, dude. Um he, he was pretty much earmarked right then. as like, oh, this is a guy with a lot of potential. He showed it in spades, just dominating his last three opponents. Uh, Matt Favola, Davi Ramos, and Oliver Odoan Mossier. He's a very good dude. He's still only 24 years old. I don't like the matchmaking here. I guess you can argue it because Giagos has won his last four or five. Uh, but we still clearly – we know his level. Like, we know that he's not on the same level as him. I'm very surprised he's not the co-main. In fact, I think he'd even make the case for her to be the main event because Armand Sarukin clearly has a lot of potential. He clearly is going to be a future title challenger. Uh, and just kind of sticking him on the undercard is kind of a weird placement to me personally. But, you know, I'm, as far as that goes, I'd say it's probably the most – my personal look forward to most final the card. But obviously, there's some other ones there. I mean, Joaquin Buckley is back against Antonio Arroyo, which should be fun. Mike Rodriguez is back. Pian Kanizad taking on, I always fuck up her name, versus Raquel Pennington is probably, I'm surprised that one's not on the main card. I understand Raquel has been struggling as of late, uh, but still, it is a little bit surprising personally that she's buried so deep on the card. But Angel, my guy, if there's one fight you need to watch, and it's a weird one, 
Aaron Blanchfield versus Sarah Alpar on the very beginning of the card. <laughs> I, I, you might be laughing, but let me just tell you, this is this is a girl that I've had I've had the pleasure of watching multiple cages. I've covered, I've covered literally her entire career to this point. Um, one of my first cards I covered was Invicta FC 30, and that was back in July of uh, 2018. She was that was her second professional fight. Um, she is six and one right now. Her only loss is a split decision loss to Tracy Cortez. She's getting better each fight, dude. She's been training jiu-jitsu since she's been at the age of seven. She started doing kickboxing at the age of 10. She is phenomenal. She's still only 22 years old, uh, and she's taking on Sarah Alpar. This is her UC debut, and let me just tell you, this is a, this is a girl to watch. Man. This is very much somebody to watch. All right. I like it, Josh. Doing the breakdown. You know you know how I be. I'm sure you're excited, though. Your girl, Han- Hannah Goldie's back. That's what's up. <laughs> Uh, are there any other fights you want to go and highlight from this one, man? I mean, bro, I need to highlight my boy Zhu Rong again. He was running a 10-fight win streak before it ended at, what was it, UFC 2, it was a, it was a Florida car, UFC, here I'm going to look at it, UFC 261, yeah, I was going to say mm-hmm. it. Uh, he's 21 years old, man. I mean, he's 17-4. and four. I mean, a crazy fucking record already, man. I mean, he has he has it all on his side, man, time, and he just needs to come out here, have a good performance, and obviously work on his craft. Uh uh, and then I need to highlight my boy Carlson Harris, man. He came out. He got that submission. I was so worried for him in his first fight. I didn't know how he was going to perform, man. But goddamn, they got him in here again against Impa. He's the guy who got knocked out by Joaquin Buckley, which, funny enough, they're both on the same card again. So that's a little interesting that they put him together on the same <laughs> card. Uh, so, I, I, you know, I, you know, I'm wishing a lot of luck to my boy Carlson Harris because, you know, he was on the streets a few, like not too long ago out there sleeping on the streets, trading MMA, trying to get fights. Now he's in the UFC. Do your thing, champ. Let's go. Let's go, champ. Uh, and Impa's actually a really good guy, too. Let's just go ahead and say that. He's, I mean, for as much as Walking Buckley got hyped for that one, Impa's actually a pretty good opponent, so that should be a very fun fight. Yeah, that was, his, that was his first professional loss, and it was some free shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't think he's lost since then, correct? He got he got one in and he got he got a finish so yeah yeah okay so there you go uh, yeah very good guy this is a this is a deep card man like I'm not gonna count it but this is a long card um it's fifteen so, fights. how many fights fifteen fifteen bats. fifteen fights Jesus Christ so far I mean it could change yeah obviously I'm assuming that well by <laughs> yeah I mean Jim Miller was actually supposed to fight on this one too I believe that fight got pulled too so yeah Miller tested positive for COVID yeah so this one's supposed to be even longer we'll see what happens though we'll see what happens um this is not the only MMA this weekend though this one snuck up on me I'm on I'm good to admit it Bellator 266 hell of a main event dude hell of a main event it's not what we wanted for Yo Romero but it's what we're getting Yo Romero obviously you know multiple time UFC title challenger um, one of the most entertaining middleweights of all time. I feel I feel pretty comfortable saying he has an insane highlight reel. One of the most interesting stylistic challenges for any fighter throughout UFC history. Uh, moves over to Bellator, obviously following his I lost three of four. I want to say I believe that's the exact amount. Uh, and had that terrible fight with Izzy. His contract is up. He decides to go to Bellator. Okay. Obviously he's supposed to fight Rumble Johnson, and his first fight got canceled due to some sort of medical issue. As of the 15th, which is what we're recording on, three days out, he's scheduled to go. He's scheduled to fight. Um, and he's taking on Mr. Wonderful Phil Davis, number three in light heavyweight for Bellator. In my opinion, one of the most underrated light heavyweights in the world right now and probably of all time. Uh, this is a guy that has beat Little Nog. He's beat Leota Machida. He beat Gustafson, Brian Stan. Um, he just – Linton Vassell, Liam McGeary. 
beat Machida again recently, King Mo, so on and so forth. Very underrated guy, coming off a loss to Vadim Nemkov in the Light Heavyweight Grand Prix earlier this year. Dude, this is a very interesting fight. Um, I see this one, I mean, it's, it's very, very interesting. I'll put it like that. I want to do the breakdown before you give your pick. What are your thoughts on the Bellator 266 made event? Obviously, uh, you know, we've been waiting for it, man. We talked about Yoel, and obviously the move to 205 has been the big thing. How's it going to look? Is it going to be wrestling? No wrestling. Is it going to look even more explosive, less explosive? You know, what are we going to get? I mean, that's the big thing for us right now. It's going to be, sa- it's gonna be Saturday. It's going to be same night as the UFC card. So they're putting up some comp- – you know, they got some competition that night. And uh, Mr. Wonderful Man, I, like I told you last time, I was I was unhappy with their performance. He was everything but wonderful that night. Uh, <laughs> but I think as, as far as uh, – Obviously, there's a lot of other matchups that could be also very bad for UL. It's also another. I think Phil Davis is probably one of the worst matchups for him at Bellator. Uh, mm-hmm. To be honest with you, obviously, he's a guy who actually uses his wrestling. You know, and will wrestle. I mean, didn't didn't get the opportunity to use it really too much in his last fight, but it, it's something he can use, and it's a very good skill set. He pulls it out of the bag sometimes, and it, and it it's, it's good, man. It works well when it works when he uses he puts it out, and. Uh, Striking, I mean, it's it's there. It's obviously not not the greatest, but it's it's not bad by any means. It does it does what he needs to do, and he gets it done, right? And obviously, mm-hmm. if he gets it all together, he has a great night, and he he puts on a good performance. I do. As far as my pick, though, I'm going to pick Phil Davis, man. I know a lot of people probably want to mm-hmm. pick UL or on the UL help train, but I I don't know. We haven't seen the move up to 205. We don't know how he's going to do. And like I said, I think Phil Davis is one of the matchups at this weight class. I think is one of the worst ones that you could get put against. And uh, uh, yeah, no, I I feel pretty mm-hmm. confident with that pick. Yeah, um, and I'm, you know what? I'm actually going to go ahead and make the same pick as you. I think that we think of Yo Romero, and it's so crazy to think about because he looks, he's an incredible specimen. I mean, we know all the accolades, we know his highlight reel. Yo Romero is 44 years old. Yeah, we I have saw not that. seen him fight in a year and a half. He couldn't get medically cleared his last fight because of some reason we still don't know why, but he could not even pass his medicals. He's looked increasingly like worse each fight and that's not to say like he's getting blown out but we we're seeing that maybe he's not top level anymore yeah that polo fight was good I'll that polo fight was good but he still clearly lost right? yes but it was a good fight <laughs> it was a good fight fine even but like even so he's still he's losing more often i feel like we're he's starting to lose some of that explosivity um and because part of it is because he also knows that he can't go five rounds so it's a very hard thing for him to manage and he's failed his medicals recently. He's moving up to 205 for the first time since, shit, Strike Force when he got knocked out by Cavalcante. Um, and that was, damn, that was 10 years ago, dude. And he hasn't fought in a year and a half. There's so many unknowns with him that I'm going to pick Phil Davis. Because one thing for sure, Phil Davis is fucking consistent, man. This is a guy that's going to, doesn't matter how good you are. You're never going to have an easy night at the office with Phil Davis. You can look back at his record, dude. He has... Six losses, I believe three of those are via split decision. Like, um, he arguably beat Ryan Bader. He had two split decisions with him. He arguably beat Nemkov, gave Nemkov his toughest fight. Um, there's so many things about Phil Davis, dude. He's so underrated. He's never been knocked out. Probably one of, you can have him in the all-time greatest chin conversation. I'll put it like that. Um, so just five rounds. I feel more comfortable taking Phil Davis here. Um, and seeing him get back into the ranks of light heavyweight, dude, like I, I would not be surprised if you all won, but like there's so many unknowns, I just feel more comfortable taking Phil here. Um, but ultimately, co-main event though, this is not the only obviously Beltor. I actually like this card a lot. 
Um, specifically the main card. I feel like undercard had used a little bit of work, but but at least the co-main and the full main card itself, pretty fucking interesting. Neiman Gracie, obviously the pretty much the spearhead of the Gracie clan, at least at this point in time. Um, obviously, coming off a loss to Jason Jackson earlier this year, he's still 10-2, and two, still former title challenger, taking on Mark Leminger. Uh, this kind of feels like it's a gimme for Neiman Gracie, but Leminger still is a four-fight Bellator veteran. Um, coming off a win, a knockout win over to Mark Jackson back in June. Uh, Angel, what do you think about this fight? Is it going, man? It's a weird choice. I mean, they could have gave Neiman Gracie someone like because Mark is not ranked, is he? As far as the Bellator rankings? No. Yeah, exactly. I don't believe so. Yeah, and before that, he had to fight John Fitch, and uh, and obviously he had the Jason Jackson win, and Jason Jackson since then has fought another time, another you know another opponent, and he's probably looking at getting a title shot here soon. I thought he arguably won that Jason Jackson fight, but, you know, I, I wasn't one of the judges that night. You know, I, I mean, like you said, it should be it should be a give me. It looks like they're kind of setting him up for a win and kind of like get him back on the win column and hopefully get him back soon. So he has a decent turnaround and is able to get in another fight. Hmm. It's worth noting, I've seen a couple of fights of Mark Leminger, specifically the Yaroslav Amasov fight, as well as his most recent one. He's a good guy. Uh, I'll say this. He, he's he's a good guy. Um, he's clearly a level below Neiman, I'd say. He's never been submitted, so it's not like he's you know, not yet. He's not entirely a gimme. He's bigger than Neiman um, in terms of, like, height, I'd want to say. So it, it's it's going to be an interesting fight. That being said, I do think it's kind of a gimme form. Um, so I am going to go and take Neiman here in the comment. But as far as the rest of the card goes, my man, what are some of the other ones you want to go and highlight? I mean, I need to highlight the boy, man, Christian Edwards. He's on the, he's one of those guys who's on that uh, uh, Jackson Winklejohn uh, uh, scholarships, man. He's he's a legit guy. He's 22 years young. And his last fight against Simon, he made – I mean, not any – he did a lot of things right. He could have taken him out of that fight. That was the big thing for him. Obviously, he, he only has, you know, five professional fights, and he's, you know, this young. I mean, he has plenty of time. Give him time, and he'll be at a very high level. I mean, he had three amateur bouts, two in his career, and had a grappling bout then there at the, uh, early on in his career in 2019. He hasn't been fighting in MMA that long. He's, he's on the same track. He's on that AJ Fletcher hype, man. He's, he's since 2019, man. <laughs> of course. And, I mean, honestly, this uh, you highlighted him. I'm going to go and highlight just a couple of other fights specifically on the main card. Actually, I'm going to highlight you know, these two mainly. Alejandro Lara versus Deanna Bennett is a very, very fun fight. I've always been high on Alejandro Lara. Um, obviously, former title challenger. Had a fun fight with Alina Lee McFarlane. She's very, very fun. Like, I... Honestly, this is going to sound terrible, but there's a lot of women in MMA fighters that like kind of stick out in your head as like, oh yeah, that they're just they're not particularly fun to watch. Like they're just kind of they have a boring style and so on and so forth. This one's going to be a banger, dude. Alejandra Lara, very very fun to watch. Deanna Bennett, kind of a pioneer of the game. She's I mean one of the top. At one point, let me take this back. At one point, was one of the top flyweights on the planet. Now that's a division that obviously in the UFC uh, has getting a lot of praise now that they brought it in with Shevchenko dominating it. At one point, Deanna Bennett looked like she was going to be the top 125. But this is probably like eight years ago at this point. Um, she beat Jennifer Maya. She beat Juliana Pena. Uh, she beat Karina Rodriguez, so on and so forth. She has a lot of good wins under her belt. She also was the first person, and if we're being completely honest, I don't count the other the other one. She's the only person to beat Miranda Maverick. <laughs> um, so I, I don't count the the other one so um yeah that was back in february of 2019 uh, that was a good fight covered that one live so 
I got a love for Deanna Bennett, honestly. So this is a pretty fun fight overall. And honestly, just the other one, I feel like I have to go and highlight. Dude, Saul Rogers is back. I, I love this man. I think even though he lost last time, I believe he lost last time out. Still has a lot of potential. He's a bit older now, a bit long in the tooth. Uh, but still a very, very good guy taking on Georgie Karahani. And at this point, he's like just a Bellator OG. Um, so that's that's going to be a fun fight as well. But, yeah, dude. So as far as that goes, I believe that's pretty much all that there is. Unless there's any fights you want to go and have. I believe that's all there is for MMA this weekend. Dude, I wanted to ask you something. I don't know if you saw this, but there's not one Gracie fighting night. There's two Gracies fighting that night. Did you see that, Josh? Which is really I weird. did not see that. Dude, uh, I don't know how to, I think I'm assuming it's Rollin. Rollin Gracie is fighting on this card on the prelim. Shane, he's fighting Shane Keefe, who's 1-0, and he's 0-2. He hasn't fought in MMA since 2007. Jesus. I don't I don't know what's going on there, but I wanted to bring that up because I, I remember seeing it. And I was like, who is this? He's like, 0-2 he's in MMA. It's a Gracie. Let me go look. It's a... He's is he years. actually a Gracie, or is he just a guy with the last name of Gracie? Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming he's got the Gracie gear on. I don't know. I could be wrong. Born in Brazil. I mean, he could have the Gracie last name, but it's it's. I thought it was interesting, you know? Hmm. I've never once heard of this guy. He's Owen to – oh, he's Helson Gracie's son. Oh, but well, there you go. So there you go, yeah. He's Owen to – I. Scott Hooker's just on a mission, I guess, to get all the Gracies. Yeah, he hasn't fought in 14 years, which is uh, interesting. Oh, he lost Shane both his boxes. Keith. Keith. Yeah. Excuse me. I thought that was weird. I saw it. I was like, what the fuck? I wanted to bring it up. What a I looked weird into it. matchup, dude. <laughs> I'm going to see what happens. I don't know. Maybe maybe he's been putting in the work. He's like, I'm going to take 14 years off and come back <laughs> in 2021 and put in the work, fuck man. Fuck them all up. <laughs> Fucking destroy them all. They don't even know what's going to happen. They don't even know. Yeah, that's that's a weird one. Uh, they are op- – no, they're not opening up the card. Jesse Delgado is opening up the card. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's going to be an interesting fight. I had no idea about that until right now. But, Angel, are you ready to move on to, to some fan questions, my guy? I am. I am. All right, let's go and hit it. So, uh, obviously, put out the call to the Twitterverse, the Instagram, everything that I have asking for fan questions – um as always i think these are pretty fun because obviously we're stuck on our kind of um, just by, by virtue of how mma works we have to talk about stuff on a week-by-week basis this is kind of a question this is just the time to put out if you guys have anything on your minds and get our opinion about so we, i have three questions here i believe there's like five or six that actually got put in these are three that i went and highlight because i thought they were actually relevant and I, I believe we were answered the other two like the other two or three before or they're similar questions to what we've been asked before this one comes off of, and I'm so sorry, dude. I'm going to fuck up your name. Ugar Kyler Lulu 2 on Twitter. I'm so sorry. By the way, this dude sent me a book in this question. I'm not going to read it, but basically the – I'll actually send you a text of it later. This dude wrote a book for the question. Really? Shout out, yeah. to, shout out to him, though, for putting in the effort. Just shout out honest. to him for putting in the effort. Uh, basically, he went ahead and asked, um, had Brock – this is basically the, the – premise of the question it's legitimately like four paragraphs um had brock lesnar started training in the late 90s slash the early 2000s how would he have fared and looked at all time when we were taking into account that he would fighting guys such as fedor uh, younger overeem so on and so forth you know, fighting in the same era like you know mark kerr mark coleman murko 
uh, big non guys like that. Um, so what are like what are your thoughts on that? Had had he just completely skipped by WWE, gone straight into wrestling, not excuse me, going straight into like real wrestling, like MMA. Mm, okay, so this is keeping in account that so he just transitioned, he just took MMA. That's his whole thing. Yeah. Well, see, the crazy thing is, at the time, the most probably complete fighter would have been Fedor, right? There was no other guy who could wrestle, strike, do both, right? They didn't have best of both worlds. Correct. So definitely there's no way he would have won that. Unless his wrestling would have been just that level, you know, at the time. Who knows, right? Obviously, we'll never know. I think he could have done all right. Because at the time, what you got to take into account is there wasn't any gyms, like, especially in America, they were doing MMA. You know what I mean? There was mm-hmm. very few. And let alone where we're at now where we have kind of the idea of stringing both disciplines. You know, at the time it was still like you got to focus just on your wrestling. You know, you got to focus just on your striking. You got to worry just on this thing. You know what I mean? You're one style or the other. You know, at the time it wasn't like you got to learn all these styles, learn how to counter them and string them together, you know. Because obviously if Rock had a good combination of striking and pressure wrestling, and granted at the time it would have been the – the ring and not the octagon it would have been very different too so i think he would have done okay he could have won some good fights maybe he would have got some crazy knockouts and that brock's a pretty strong guy obviously you can see it you know it's there uh he would have done i'd say all right i don't think he would have been like a world beater you know but he would have been he would have been a big name he would have been a draw and he could have found himself in in some good fights and obviously we'll never know exactly what would help him because it's a you know it's a hypothetical mm-hmm. it's entirely hypothetical and i think for me I feel like like he wrote like a book on this question, but for me it's like it's hard, kind of hard to answer because it's like, are we talking Brock Lesnar? Like we're p- putting and setting him down from like 2010 into that era. If he if we're setting him down into that era, he gets fucked up. Um, particularly because he mentioned a lot of guys that were fighting in Pride at the time. If we're putting Brock into Pride, no chance, no dice. Like he's getting. That's he head did. stomps, uh, soccer kicks. <laughs> not even just not because of the rule set, because a lot of the guys. And here's something that, like, UFC stands that started watching in 2016 don't realize is that pride for heavyweights. You want to argue, like, 205 and down? Sure, UFC. No chance. Not even going to argue with that on that one. But if we're talking pride, heavyweights were the dominant weight class there. Um, particularly because, honestly, pride didn't really give a shit about weight class and you could fight a heavyweight if you wanted to. But, like, the, like if you, it didn't matter the weight, really. But if we're talking, like, heavyweights, dude, like – you got to go back and look. Who were the top heavyweights at the same time during that time period? It was Tim Sylvia. It was Arlovsky. And that was – those were like the main two. There's a reason why those guys had a quadrilogy. Like, like those are the only two guys. And even then, like, I love me some Andre Arlovsky. I think Tim Sylvia is super underrated all time. Like, yeah, I should – you could throw in Frank Mir. But Frank Mir was, like, hurt for a lot of the early 2000s, mid-2000s. He didn't really come back to the latter half of the decade um that's why I, I personally don't include him but like dude like they were and then you have randy coming back in and we already know how brock beat up on randy so it's like the ufc heavyweight division sucked for like a good portion of time um it's not a new thing like we bitched on the show before about like how whenever stipe and and you know dc were going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth that's not a new thing. In fact, it was so much worse in the early 2000s, mid-2000s. Um, so if they dropped Brock into there, sure, I think Brock would have – dude, if, if they would have dropped Brock down in there, I think he would have dominated. But if we're talking about dropping him into pride, 
in that time period, no chance, dude. Fedor would have beat his ass. I think Big Nog would have beat him. I think Krokop would have beat him, although I think that would have been more competitive. Um, I think you can even argue, like, maybe, I think a Kevin Randleman might have beat him. I was going to ask you that. Think you yeah, I think that would have, that's a really fun fight, by the way, which I never, never that was a, like, that was the first one that popped in my head, by the way. I was like, what about random? I wonder how random it would have fared. Yeah, I never even thought about that. That's an interesting fight. Had that would have ever happened. I think <laughs> random would have given him hell. Um, because Kevin Randleman was super underrated in terms of like, he was very beatable, but I'll be goddamn, that dude had a monster right hand. He had a lot of power. He was a very good wrestler, but he had, he had a lot of good attributes. I think that would have been a fun fight. I think would have beaten. Some guys, like some of the smaller guys, like I think it would have beat Vanderlei had they fought, just because Vanderlei. He would have beat Igor. Uh, I think Igor would have been close. I'd probably take Brock though, just because that'd probably size. be a banger of a fight though. That would be. I think Igor, I, but I think he's too small for him, honestly. Well, Igor's that's the reason why I'm picking. Show shout out to huh? Igor though. He went fifty-five. What was it, like fifty something in ten? Something like that. Yeah, but he he was too small, and that's also like um. It's also the same reason why I'm not going to pick Vanderlei over because obviously Vanderlei is like significantly better in terms of like striking. But like, dude, if you ever Vanderlei, even in his prime, was never like an excellent grappler. Watch his fight with uh, Yoshida, like in 2003, at, like final elimination. Like Yoshida, who was like one and zero or something like that, but he was like a really good judoka, just dominated him on the ground. So I would take Brock and like just I take him over a lot of the smaller heavyweights. But um, I would not take him over, like, the big dogs of, like, Fedor, Big Nog. I think Krokov would be close, but I'd still probably take Krokov, Random, and guys like that. I think it would be very interesting, though. But if we're talking, it, it's, it's, it's like a two-fold question, I guess. Like, if we're going to take Brock and put him into pride, I think he probably is a middling guy. If we put him in UFC, yeah, I think he probably shits all over. Like, Tim Sylvia and Arlovsky and a couple – and Justin Eilers and guys like that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, and no, not not to disrespect the dead, because I think Justin Island's is dead. But, like, <laughs> yeah, like, he beats a lot of those guys, honestly. Like, it's Paul Buentello, dude. Like, it was a bad division. Like, I, I can't believe – the easiest way to tell that somebody does not know what I know about MMA is that they, they, like, shit talk Fedor for not fighting in the UFC. Like, that's the easiest way, dude, because that division was, like – yeah, Wesley Kohea was like such a, such a dominated guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, it's a twofold question. If they drop him in pride, he probably gets fucked up and put him in UFC. It's closer, you know? And I think he do do really well there in like the, the early 2000s. It's just, it depends on where you put him. Uh, second one, second question. Moving on, Tojogan2 on Twitter. So it, it may be Joe Rogan, too. I'd honestly, it, I honestly, I kind of half looked at this, but I was like asleep writing these. So I apologize if I got your name wrong. Um, but this was a Twitter question. Uh, it took me seven hours. I'm sure it took you seven hours like it did me to wash off the Triller show from this past, week, past weekend. Uh, on, a more, on, a, on a more lighter note, what is your favorite boxing pay-per-view of all time or just good memories watching boxing? Fuck. See, the thing is with boxing pay-per-views, a lot of them are really fucking bad. We talk about this all the time. Yeah. That's why I'm, kind of, we've, I'm pretty sure we've had this conversation about MMA pay-per-views, but I think boxing is an interesting one because, let's be honest, man. I mean, like we just like you just said, they suck a lot of the time. Also, I haven't spent a lot of money. Like, back in the day, I, I probably just, like, especially when I was younger, I probably just watched the main event, you know? Yeah. Like, I'd buy the pay-per-view, and, like, well, we'd buy the pay-per-view, I should say. I wasn't buying it at the time we'd probably buy it or go somewhere and watch it. And it was like, we'd be watching the main event. It'd be really, no, 
we didn't really give a fuck about anything else, sadly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. no hate. No, no, same page. This is the honest truth. And that's just how boxing is. There's very few... There's very rare a good boxing undercard. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you had to put a gun to your head, though, like, what is, like, the most... Let's screw like event. What's the most fun you've had watching a boxing like event? Dude, fucking like fun. I'd probably say like in recent. Dude, it was that. It's that Andy Ruiz fight versus Joshua. Cause it, it was. It, I knew it's the first so one, good. obviously. Yeah, the first one. Yeah. Okay. Cause of just the fucking insanity of it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, we go into that. We kind of have, but I remember going into having like some weird feeling. And I, I remember, and I still remember Josh. Like, yeah, come on, pick, 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 pick a way around. He's gonna finish him. In, you know what I mean? <laughs> Little did you know, the wrong guy was the guy you picked. To I know. And it, and it's still one of those moments that I look back at. I'm like, you know, for a bit there and for a while there, everybody was like, holy shit, dude, Andy Ruiz is heavyweight world champion of the world. Like that that night, I remember sitting here in the same chair on the, the same computer, not on the same screen. I've gotten a new monitor since then. And <laughs> and having a and having Nate and, and and Chase in the back and 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 just being like, "Oh shit. Oh shit," you know? <laughs> it, like that that was probably one of the better ones in recent. Another one was probably when you came over and it's yep. it's, it sounds like when you came over and watched KSI versus uh, Logan Paul, dude. That was another one. That was a crazy night as well. Uh, yeah, that's that's another one, dude. Because I remember that's one I was gonna bring up for mine. Like I'm not sure it's my all time, but like moment, I, moment. There was, a, there was like a period of time there where like now I'd say I mean we we hang out like more often, but there's like a period of time there where like we just never watched fights together because we we used to like get on Skype back in the day and like talk shit and watch them. But it's been like a while, and so you're like let's go, over. and you were like come over for like the the PKSI logo like, All right, yeah, sure. And then, like, just the insanity. Like, that that fight, dude. Like, we all talk about YouTube boxing now, and we talk about Jake Paul. I, for me, personally, in terms of my anticipation, my fun, it peaked there. Like, it's possible we'll get it back. But, like, that fight, just, like, we all, we, we talked for, like, 30 or 40 minutes on the show about what was going to happen. Like, our preview show. Um, and then, like, for what it's worth, none of it happened. But, like, just, like, KSI coming out, swinging for the fences getting a knockdown but it wasn't called a knockdown logan coming back with his own knockdown but he gets deducted two points and like you me and my girlfriend staying like we're staying in your like apartment just sitting totally like doing fucking math like totaling like well this scorecard could be this this scorecard could be this and it took like seven minutes for them to get totaled like (laughs) like they took forever yeah dude that was a fun one too that was a really fun one yeah and i mean it's not necessarily because of the fights but it's kind of like the 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 memory behind it Mm mm-hmm I'm trying to think if there's any any other one in my mind that I, that I might be forgetting, but uh, I mean in, in recent times definitely those. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that one was one I, I was gonna say like KSI Logan too. That one was up there. Watching the first Canelo, um, the first Canelo Golovkin fight with my dad just in the living room. That was a good memory. Um, because like I was never really a big like I wasn't big on Canelo, and I'm pretty sure you're the guy who told me about Golovkin about mm. Gennady so I was like not really and I, I didn't I wasn't sure what to expect and then just like just an absolute amazing fight and then he got robbed and it was just it was now it's not as fun but during the moment it was more fun um it's another good one dude Wilder Fury dude like the fucking first one that was kind of insane too because yeah. I remember it was kind of like oh shit boxing's back you know yeah was, it felt like and then by the way like so insane because i feel like then they had the rematch and i remember it's weird too you brought that up like literally boxing felt back dude 
like boxing for so long has been like this weird thing. Like at that time, it felt like it was like shit, but you were like, there's potential there. Like it's getting better. And then like that happened. And I felt like we had like a really good two year span there. And then the rematch happened. And funnily enough, then COVID hit and we've had nothing but shit since then. Yeah, I mean, not maybe, literally all, but you know what I mean. Hey, this end of the year though, boxing wise, it's gonna close out it's pretty good. well. It's getting this good. next week, I don't want to jinx it. And it starts this next week. It starts this. Next I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> I know, but it starts this next weekend, man, and it's gonna be hype. Hopefully, yeah. here's here's a here's another memory that I had fun. Uh, Floyd Connor. That Floyd that, Connor. that was that was a weird time, man. That was a weird time in 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 both boxing and MMA history. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 2017 wasn't a big year for MMA. Um, obviously, they had GSP's return, but outside of that, not a whole lot happened. Um, it was such a weird time, and Connor going over, and I remember the press tour. Specifically, uh, sometimes I go back and watch it like every six months or so. Just the, the Canada press tour, the press conference, where like Connor just eviscerates. That was peak Connor shit talk. Like 10 minutes of just fucking – it was a roast session. Like that's what it was. Um, and just the crowd was completely on his side and it was, it was insane. And obviously come fight night, I remember you, you, me, and I believe Parker were, uh, trying to find Buffalo Wild Wings, desperately searching. Oh yeah. I remember this. You, I also remember this. (laughs) Holy shit. Desperately trying to find a Buffalo Wild Wings and all of us getting real upset because like they were all packed or there wasn't a table and we were trying to... Find a way to make it work, but it just, just couldn't make it work, you know. Um, but then eventually we, I found one. I wasn't sure about you guys, uh, and I, <laughs> and just that fight of just like, oh my god, he might do it, he might do it, just like it was such an insane fight, it's such an insane moment, like throughout MMA and boxing history that like I feel like we I look back sports on history in sports history, dude. Like it's just yeah. that really kicked off the whole MMA versus boxing thing, which we've seen like 17 different times now, but like. That was an insane moment, just for me personally. That was just that was so much fun. Yeah, we haven't even gotten to see like the true best version of it. You know, I think there'll be one day, and who knows when that will be when we get a champ in whatever WBA, WBC, IBF, whatever the fuck, right? I'm gonna fuck WTF. Yeah, and uh, and then the UFC, both in their primes, fight in in one of the disciplines, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, whether it be a guy coming from boxing to MMA, or it's more likely there'll always be a guy from MMA going to boxing. Every time. But, uh, which, which is really what they should do, because that's where the money's at. But, uh, you know, I think that's the other moment we're missing in time now when, when that transition happens. You know, that's, that's, it's like my big dream to, to see that happen one day. And, uh, that was probably the closest we ever got to it, even though Floyd wasn't in his prime. But, man, can you imagine a world, Josh, where, and I talked about this. I mean, I'm like, I'm like, Josh, there's a reality where Connor beats Habib, he beats Floyd, and there's no mm-hmm. question about the greatest athlete of all time. You know, like yeah, it's it, it's crazy how that that's something that that could have maybe happened at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not even like that far out of the rebel possibility too, because he gave people like to say that Floyd carried him, which is a stupid thing to say. Um, and we'll get into stupid stupid things that have been said later about boxing. Um, but like he gave him he gave him a tough couple rounds there. Like you can say, well, for every reason, and like yeah, obviously, yeah, Floyd wasn't taking that seriously and he was forty and but like he you could there was a possibility, you know, who knows? Um that they're running back at some point, like who knows, maybe Connor wouldn't have caught him. Like if they did like deadliest warrior style, how many times out of a hundred does Connor win? <laughs> Not many, but I feel like there's a probability. Like it could happen. Um but 
Um, yeah, like he's, and it's also kind of depressing to look back on because Connor at that time, like double champ fighting Floyd, like what it's going to sound weird to say August 25th, 2017, the day before the fight, that's the last time that I felt like Connor McGregor was Connor McGregor. Like, I feel like that's like the last time I looked at him the same. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not sure if you have already on the same wavelength, but like, just like, that's the last time like I saw him with like this air of invincibility. And just like, I feel like all the mystique has been gone since then. Like, I, I, I feel like he kind of got it back earlier this year uh, before he was going to fight Poirier. I felt like it was back, particularly against like the trilogy. I was like, it's either make or break now. Um, and obviously it, it did not go well. So I don't know. I, that's just, that's going off topic. But yeah, that's, those are my top memories, dude. Like I, th- for boxing. Cause like for MMA, I have a lot more cause obviously MMA is my jam, but and I love talking about boxing, boxing history, dude. I can go off for like, hours talking about it, but um just those are my big like live in the moment most fun but uh this is the third of final question uh it's been talked about a lot so i'm actually kind of glad this one actually came up um from g palms underscore on twitter thoughts on alana mclaughlin may have fucked i'm not sure if it's lana mclaughlin whatever uh the transgender mma fighter who recently um fought in combate this past week um gotten a lot of shit uh it's very it's made its way into the mainstream obviously i see a lot of mainstream uh conservative commentators talking about it angel i'll toss it to you first uh what are your i mean what what do you think i guess i, I don't know it's 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 something that i'm not like and i'm talking about like the science you know behind a person transitioning that i don't know a lot about you know i don't know how how much of a if a male body still existed, you know, when a person transitions, right? You know, and then I don't want to make any assumptions, right, of of, of knowing because I don't know. It's so it's 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 something that is something that it, that uh I know one day for you know, and I'm sure that one day it will be like if someone wants to transition, they'll fully transition and they'll be completely in a male body with no you know no you know or being a male body with male hormones, you know, complete you know no trace of any feminine you know remain, right? And same for mm-hmm. the other way around, right? At this point in time, I really don't know, and I don't really want to, you know, bash her for it because at the end of the day, it was two people who agreed to a fight. They signed the contract, and they both fought in there, both knowing that, you know, knowing each other, right, knowing who they were, knowing the history. It's not like they ever did it. I'm sure her her opponent didn't know, was, was aware of that this person had transitioned, that at one point in time they were a male. They went on hormones. They have transitioned since then to a female, and and trained and, and they're not fighting you know mm-hmm. so that's the way i look at it bare bones because obviously there's there's a lot of other things that can get politicized about it and we can get into about it i it's it, there's there's a lot of stuff that i just don't know mm-hmm. so at a base level that's how i try to think about it because at the end of the day people are trying to attack her and get on her about it and uh make her feel real bad she's taking it very well you're not gonna give her credit because I've, I've seen her twitter and uh She's done her thing and 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 been fine with it and hasn't uh and, and is dealing with it very well you know I feel like some some other people might not deal with something as that well and sometimes that uh you know the LGBT, LGBT community doesn't do a very good job of uh stating their case you know some of them do a very poor mm-hmm. job I'm not gonna say this is everybody I'm just saying there's some some people who who come out and and and, and will say things and don't do a very good job of it and. Uh, you know, we in the and just knowing how the MMA community is and how MMA Twitter is, you know, I mean, Josh, we talk about it all the time. How you know how horrible it is, and 
let's be real. I mean, what is the you know demographic of people watching MMA? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm sure there isn't a lot of people who are part of the LGBT community who watch MMA. I'm sure they make up a very small portion of it. I'm not trying to say it offensively, even though there is a lot of you know there's a decent amount of gay athletes in 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 the MMA space. You know, mainly female. Not, not I don't know if there's any male that we know of, but uh. You know, just as a whole, I'm sure there's not, you know, many people who fall into that demographic who watch MMA. I'm sure it's a lot of male, white men, you know? Yeah, and I think you did a very good job of um, navigating the the minefield, so to speak. Like, not – because, I mean, here's the thing. is that This is an issue that I feel like with most things, it gets really politicized. People think more with their emotions than they do actually with, like – actual logic um because i see i mean you saw jake shields i see sean strickland other ones and whenever this happened originally with fallon fox joe rogan um years ago just kind of going off and it's like you're a fucking man who's beating up on women i'm like well it's a little bit more like it's a little bit more nuanced of a situation than that you know what i mean like it's not so white or black all the time it was somebody who's been been transitioned i think they transitioned to 2010 so it's been 11 years now it's like it, so it's can, we can have a conversation without being a dick as is what i'm trying to say in my general point what do i think about it look it ultimately it's something that the athletic commissions are going to have to sit down and figure the fuck out i think that this is something that they're going to have to figure out i think they need to have a base stance on this but i don't think they're going to because athletic commissions are generally pretty terrible anyways um but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna shit on the girl for fighting like i at the end of the day her opponent signed the contract and if her opponent is fine with it and by the way, she got her ass whipped the first round. Like, the, like this wasn't a Fallon Fox situation where she just like concussed her opponent and just completely outclassed him. She got her ass kicked for for the first round. Um, they're relatively even matched, so it's it's more of a nuanced situation than just oh, you know, she's a terrible person. She's a man who's beating up on women and blah blah blah. blah. Like if you if you're using like the picture of her before to bring yes. your point, I'm like, it's like. <laughs> That's so bad because – like, So you're proving that you by looking at her now, you can't tell that she was a man, so you have to have – like you're just – you're telling on yourself. You know what I mean? So I think it's it's a very interesting conversation. I think it's something that we should have a nuanced conversation about, like particularly with athletic commissions and moving forward because like it's a very interesting discussion. It's like at what point – she's been – like uh i'm not i was going off of what she said obviously but just like she like had less testosterone excuse me less testosterone than like her opponent did when they did the pre-fight medicals but it's like is that really a good barometer or should you go by bone density or should you go by this factor that factor it's like she's been transitioned for 11 years she's not just writing down that she's a, like a woman on the pre-fight athletic sheet and then going and fighting less like that's not how it works um but yeah, I think it's an interesting conversation. I have no hate for her personally. In fact, I think it's, you know, good for her. Like, it's all I got to say. Good for her, I guess, that she's, like, doing something that she enjoys. Like, I'm not going to shit on her. Like, I, I've never understood that point of it. Um, if you think more with your emotion, then that's fine. But it's like, I don't know. I I disliked all the hate she got. But at the end of the day, I didn't, I, I fully expected it. Like, as bad as it is now, Fallon Fox, who's like the the original one, like there's only the two trans MMA fighters ever. It was Fallon Fox and Alana McLaughlin. Fallon Fox got it way fucking worse. Like right. Fallon Fox actually lost a fight to someone who's in the UFC. She, I think she lost twice. She lost against Ashley Evans Smith and somebody else. I want to say. Yeah. 
Yeah, so she wasn't unbeatable. I remember Joe Rogan, like, back in 2012, was like, you know, you're a fucking man. You shouldn't, like, just, like, it's like, ugh. Like, it did not age well, but. I'm pretty sure uh, Fallon Fox even got finished in that fight. I might be wrong. No, I'm pretty sure she did. I think Ashley Evans Smith choked her out. Like, don't quote me on all this, because this was almost a decade ago. Um, no, one even, no one even really mentions the fact that she did that, by the way. Yeah, Ashley Evans Smith. Actually, she got knocked out by Ashley Evans Smith. Yeah, as I say, I'm pretty sure she finished her. Yeah, so she did, and, like, you can look back, her Wikipedia page, it's pretty rough, dude. Like, Matt Mitrione, uh, Fox was, quote, still a man, an embarrassed, a lying, sick, sociopath, disgusting freak, is what he said. Joe how Rogan. Long, how long had uh, Fallon Fox done her transition at that point? I'm curious. Uh, she, trans- um, she transitioned. Hold on, let me see. When did Fallon Fox transition? I know a lot of McLaughlin's been trained for like 11 years now, so that's why I think this is a particularly bad, like, mm-hmm. a bad argument. I can't find when that she actually transitioned. I saw that in 2006 she started the transition, but I'm not sure what that means. Like, I'm not sure at what point it was like. Mm-hmm. Well, she started in 2006, and when did she have her first fight? Uh, 2012. Six, six years? I mean, I like I said, I don't know a lot about that world, you know what I mean? So I, I, how exactly that works. So I, I can't really give... You know, at what point, you know, whatever, right? You know, I don't want to be incorrect or anything. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah. This particular controversy has been one that I think it's, it's way more overblown. Because you can tell, like, you can tell the outrage. Because, Angel, did you watch the fight? I didn't watch the fight. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I, oh. I should. I probably should have. I wanted to. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it was hard to find, honestly. I actually had to find, do quite a bit of Googling. Because is not the best in terms of their press coverage and stuff like that. I mean, they're watched by, like, fucking everybody apparently on Univision, but <laughs> if you check out the ratings, they're, like, right there with the UFC because they're on Univision, but... Um, really? That's dope. Good for that. Yeah, I didn't even know that because I, I've read multiple explanations for it. It still doesn't make sense to me. It's, like, like, from my understanding, they're, like, yeah, they put up... Like, I've read multiple different explanations, but it makes no sense because, like, they get, like, a million viewers per event, but then, like, Instagram, they have, like, 15,000 followers. Like, it, it doesn't make... Well, you know what it is? I'm sure there's just a lot of women who are trying to watch, like, soap operas, and they have just Univision on, and it just happens yeah. to come on, and the husbands are like, fuck yeah, dude, fights, and they're free? <laughs> you know? And I've heard that, like, I guess, like, I've heard somewhere there's, like, a soccer... There's been soccer games, like, on Univision, and then, like, yeah. they carry over, so then they get a yeah. big bump from that. Yeah, so, yeah. Anyways, but Combate, point of, like, point of this, Combate does a really good, a very terrible job. Of like actually making sure fights get out there, but and promoting themselves, um, but they're fine within their lane, I guess. So good for them. But it, like, it took me a while to find the fight. But when I did, dude, like, she gets her ass kicked around one. Like she that's gets. What she, that's what she said too on her Twitter. She's like, you know, you got to give some respect to my opponent because I was losing that first round. Yeah, not even bad either. Like she lost that. Like she, it wasn't ten eight territory, but she clearly lost it and she was getting bludgeoned on the feet. I want to say she got knocked down once or twice too. But honestly, it was. I don't have the greatest memory when it comes to like exact fights that like i don't anticipate talking about the following week but um yeah she got bludgeoned that first round she looked really really bad um and then round two she got the takedown eventually got the back and she got the choke but like you can tell the outrage by like people who watched the fight versus didn't watch the fight i'll put it like that yeah Um, but yeah i mean just my general to kind of close out on this topic i think it's not such a white or black point um i think it's it's a nuanced conversation It's it's a very it's a tough one to have because it's like what is fair versus not fair. But it's like my general point down comes down to 
A, it's not a malicious thing that she's doing. She's been transitioned for like you think back in twenty ten, she's like, Oh yeah, bro, I'm totally gonna I'm gonna cut off my dick and I'm gonna become a woman and then I'm gonna like and I'm gonna get, you know, I'm gonna what is it? It's not testosterone, it's uh, the other one. It starts like an E, I think. Estrogen. estrogen. I'm gonna get estrogen. And then eleven years later, I'm gonna sign up to fight for MMA just so I can own the women. And yeah. <laughs> like that's totally what I'm gonna do. Like, come on, dude. Like shut the fuck up. But B also like I mean, it's a tough thing in terms of fairness because obviously I don't know all the science behind it. But also, if their con- if her opponent had no pr- problem with signing the contract, I don't either. Pretty much it. Exactly. But, if this was Pride, they would have been like, actually, just be on testosterone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, you have to take testosterone. You have to take steroids here. It's just it's just to show you the kind of time we're in now, dude. We're back in the day. I'm sure if there was a situation like, that, like oh fuck it, man, they just sign it. You know, well, I mean? we're in that now. We're in, we just got to go to Florida. Oh man, don't get me started on Florida. <laughs> no, no, we'll get you started on Florida. Cause last Saturday night from, from the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, Triller Fight Club Three, also dubbed as Triller Fight Legends Two. Uh, we talked about it going in that this wasn't uh, an, an interesting card. Um, we found out a lot more after the fight as well as to how those were quote unquote interesting. But uh, main event, dude. Um, I guess we we do have to talk about it because we spent so long at it last week. Uh, Vitor Belfort. This actually ended up being an exhibition despite what Triller um, marketed well, as. Me and a couple of other journalists later found out this is actually an exhibition. And Vitor went fucking Rocky for Ivan Drago on him. And mm-hmm. he just blitzed him and knocked him out in the first round, dude. What are your thoughts on this? Like, it was. I'm not surprised. You're not surprised? No, I mean, I gotta I look. I gotta like tell you that night, no one will ever credit that fucking that ref, dude. That ref was the hero of the night. No one will. I can't remember the guy's name. They said it on the cast. That guy did his job so fucking well, and no one will ever credit him for it. And it's actually so devastating because he gave Evander a chance. It's not like he didn't give Evander a chance to fight. He gave Evander. The best chance you could for a guy his age, in a condition he's in, to fight on. Evander did nothing, and he stopped the fight, man. That was a, you know, honestly, that night, honestly, Evander's going to look back at that and thank that man for saving his fucking life. Mm-hmm. Because if Evander would have got knocked down again, let up, fought, got knocked out again and fought, that would have been a terrible fucking night. Yeah, Sam Burgos is a hero. I think we got to say that. It's the name yeah. of the referee. Yeah, shout out Sam Burgos. The one, dude, Sam Burgos did his job so fucking well that night. Athletic Commission actually did. The one thing that the Athletic Commission did right was hiring Sam Burgos for that job. That thing, Betty, I think you just said that entirely correctly. The only good thing that they did <laughs> was getting Samuel Burgos. Because that, that and put it on Twitter. And at you know what's the funny commission. is I've seen him do stuff. I've seen him referee before in MMA and boxing, I believe. And I remember thinking when they showed Sam Burgos in the ring, I'm like, oh, okay, Sam Burgos, he's good. It'll be cool. Like, it's just... Yeah, I was going to say, I think I've seen Sam Burgos too as well. Like, I know I know I've heard the name. I could be yeah, wrong. He's a, he's a good ref, dude. And he protected him and... God damn it, dude. Like, God damn it. Are we surprised, though? Like, it's not like we aren't surprised. You know what I mean? I thought... No, no, no. I'm not surprised at all. I I, I try to have some hope. You know, I was like, maybe Evander could come out here and look good. Vitor might be thrown off by the kind of movement. and But no, that wasn't the case. And, you know, there's not a lot to highlight. I really don't think we should highlight it a lot because we don't have to, you know? It's like we knew it was going to happen. We know the state of Evander. We know what Vitor's on, you know? Let's not try to, like, pretend or walk around it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, it, it is what it is. You know, as simple as it is. And people try to really talk about this fight 
uh you know who i'm talking about josh like it was it was a lot more serious than what it should have been you know what i mean it really mm-hmm. you know you know who i'm talking about <laughs> i know who you're talking about and it's like yeah dude like no fucking shit like use your brain you know what i mean and if no mm-hmm. one else has that kind of logic then you're fucking dumb and you clearly haven't squashed any sort of combat before in your life mm-hmm. yeah and look i'll say this much i i was i was oh i was different two different like ways on this i was like if it's an exhibition and V-Torch goes out there to show to the crowd. I'm like, that's one way it can go. Or V-Torch just going to knock him out and blitz him immediately and get him out of there. Well, we got the second one. And I thought that was only going to happen in the case that it was a real fight. Turns out he went full Ivan Drago on him, dude. Like, he, like, he just – he blitzed him and got him out of there. Which, by the way, honestly, if we're being completely honest here, that was probably the best outcome. Because even if they stood in there for eight rounds and did very large, like very light stuff there – Evander would still take more head trauma than what he took. He took one clean shot during that whole exchange. It was the uppercut that dropped him the first time. He got up and Vitor blitzed him, but like if you watch it back, like really none of those landed. So thank God that San Burgos did it because he should have never been in there to even begin with. Like never. Um, I don't care how good of shape he looked. He like f- like physically, dude. Like that's he looked That's because he's a fucking specimen, dude. He's he looked is. like that since he's been in his boxing career and after his boxing career. He just took care of his body. He's just never quit trading. Plus that his son's in boxes too, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and full credit to him, dude. Like full credit to him. He had a phenomenal physical shape. But like you watch him hit pads. It's like No. Like he should hey, man. look, as as uh as poor as Evander went in there, at least it looked better than Tito. <laughs> Or faster than Tito somehow. We'll get we'll get it we'll get into that actually because I think we spent enough time on this. There's not a whole lot to talk about here. Vitor call out Jake Paul. He's not going to get that fight. Um, <laughs> it was more of a Triller call out than a Vitor call out actually. That's something we actually. Yeah. Uh, I feel like no one mentions it. I feel like it, it really is because you know he fought originally with tra- well the zone then Trailer. Now he's with Showtime, so he's actually gone through the whole fucking boxing arc. It's actually kind of beautiful. It really is, um, and Jake. But he shot down – he said he would maybe fight, like, for Triller, but he shot down Vitor because he said something along the lines of, like, Woodley's a harder fight than Vitor, which uh, well, that's like, like – I mean, I I get it because we've fought before, but not at the same time. You know what I mean? And he is – and Woodley is technically younger. He's is younger, younger, but, like, Vitor's actually 2-0 and in boxing and is, like, actually Jake's size and actually well, – can... Vitor's actually on TRT. Yeah, so, I mean, you can you can make a lot of reasons why, but I thought, like, I mean, if you watch Jake on, and Eric Hawani, he uses, like, a lot of bad excuses. Like, I'm not – I'll never understand, like, uh, jokes aside, I'm not trying to be a dick right now. I'll never understand how Jake Paul got popular. There's not an inch of charisma in that man's body. Like, it's just uh, – He's um, really good at marketing himself. That's literally He, he is. So, but even, like, during interviews, it's just like, yeah. But anyways, speaking of interesting fights, god damn, dude. That's my goat right there. That is my goat right there. Like, he's in the conversation. He's in my top three, dude. Anderson Silva. And now, look, obviously, not fighting great competition. He's fighting Tito Ortiz. Like, <laughs> nothing excellent. Um, obviously, you know, Tito, full credit to him, won, you know, five of his last six fights in MMA. Like, he, he, his hands have gotten better as time's gone on. But he's still not a boxer, and he's still very one-dimensional. So going into it, everybody's like, oh, yeah, you know, Anderson's going to win this, clearly. But how will he win? Some people had later TKO, maybe. A lot of people had decision. I believe we said decision. I had a Angel. dominant decision, yeah. Dominant decision. Still, though. A minute 22 in. Tito, you know, he's in the corner. Tito's trying to lay some lay it on him. And, dude, he just comes over with a huge overhand right, and he sleeps him. Tito Ortiz out cold for the 
first time in his fuck, what is it, twenty four year career? He got really? put out for the, the first, first time. Holy he's been TKO'd before, but he's never been put out cold. That must have been such a weird feeling. Especially to never experience it and like, he was out out. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. He was it took him a second, yeah. He was cool about it though. Shout out to Tito uh, for not being like fucking like you know I don't know. You know, there's people who could react to it bad. You know, there's a lot of times when people get like put out cold and they do not react to it well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he took it pretty well. I thought that was kind of, you know, uh, people don't understand the aspect of that. I think that's it's actually a really weird thing to understand. It's like, oh, you got caught, you got knocked out. You're a bitch. But it's like, bro, <laughs> you don't understand how getting knocked out feels. None of, no one of us do. Because no one ever gets like, you're. it's literally the way it's described is you're there a moment and then you're not. Mm-hmm. It, you can't tell what happened. And I'm sure that that's such a it must have been such a scary thing for him and, and and for him to get up and just kind of like go on along with it. And I'm sure it's kind of fucking with him still a little bit afterwards because he never, like I said, it's something he's never experienced. Mm-hmm. That that was a that was wild, man. I I, I like I said, I gotta give him credit to get up. Give he gave his props to to, to Anderson. Obviously, you know, you know, uh, great recognizes great. So, mm-hmm. and I'm sure Tito knew going in. By the way. I believe it was uh, Casey Lydon from MMA Fighting who made the best point that I saw with this whole this whole you know thing this past weekend. Anderson Silva is the much better boxer, but still he made Tito go down to a weight he knew he wouldn't make. He spent all training camp trying to lose weight rather than actually box. He takes his twenty five percent of his purse, gets the knockout in like a minute, and walks out. Dude, he's pulling all the he's pulling all the boxing moves. Anderson's doing the whole boxing art too. Is he all he has to do is go to Showtime now? I know he's doing it, dude, and he very well may. I mean, I, Jake, he said he might fight him, but basically dismissed it right after he said it. He's like, yeah, he's too old. So, um, yeah, go figure. Um, but yeah, dude, like he, goddamn, dude. What I gotta ask you this? What are your thoughts about um, people saying, including notable people in the MMA space? Ariel Hawani was somebody who actually talked about a Monday show that they thought maybe Tito might have taken a dive, that it looked weird. What are your thoughts about no, that? Tito got knocked out. What the fuck? Have you not I, heard about this? No, dude. I mean, Tito looked, and it looked so bad, right, when he was in that corner. And I even told you, I was like, Josh, you look like a rock talking about robot. He looks so fucking slow. I think I could have <laughs> done it. I think I could have looked quicker and missed more punches in a quicker fashion. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, he looked terribly slow. Ter- I mean, you know, you know how we talk about, oh, he he's aging, he's looking a little – no, Josh. That was the first time that I could so clearly tell someone had turned out so – and I mean so much slower. It was terrible. <laughs> it's probably the worst reduction in speed I've ever seen. I kid you not that I can notice, like to the point where I can notice it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, you know, Tito did not take a dive. Tito got knocked out. If we were talking about dives, I mean, if anything, you could argue more for a Ben Askren dive. Yeah. That was – First of all, it was embarrassing that I saw that many people talking about it. You can check, like, Instagram. You can check Twitter. Even Ariel brought it up. And I was like, dude, come on, man. Like, <laughs> you're, you're smarter than this, bro. Like, you have you not seen – like, first of all, I'll admit it. Like, if you look at the one camera angle, it looks, like, kind of weird. His, like, weird three punches in the corner, Tito does. But that's just because Tito Ortiz is 46 and has never boxed before. He doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Like – Yeah. Um. If you said it, if you fully believe it, and by the way, I hate that we have to have this conversation like weekly at this point, because something I said on Twitter and it rings true here. The thing I've learned since being on the internet, like like seeing other MMA fans' reactions, seeing other media people's reactions, is that, is that literally every single fight I've ever seen is fake. Literally every single one. 
Because you can't have a fight without some dumbass going, oh, that looks weird. Tito took a dive. Like, no, Tito took a hard right hand to the fucking face, you did. It's like, clear. Like, you could see it in the replay. Like, it's it's so evident. Like, it makes no sense. Like, you have to be, like, you have to be, like, a complete nerd or not school. Dude, sometimes that, like, I'm like, I'm like, you know, when people, and it's like, I'm, you know, I, I, this is sometimes where I think I should do the fight, Josh, because I'm like, you know, I should do a fight just so people understand, or everybody who who talks this shit should just do a fight so they understand how this really works. You know what I mean? No, I don't even necessarily think that. I think it's just like you got to use common sense, like or like. That's what I'm saying. The, yeah. the common sense is not working, so they need to have the practical one. Okay. You know what I mean? Fair enough. Like I can't, I could not believe that people were saying that. Like, what did you guys like? First of all, what did you expect? And second of all, are you completely missing? The massive right hand that lands right on his chin, and then like the two follow-up shots. Like, what do you? I don't care that Tito Ortiz's punches look weird. Tito always looks weird. Like, <laughs> what did you expect? Seriously, what did you expect? I can't believe that was a conversation. Like, you, you can go look it up on like Instagram and Twitter, and even like Ariel. Like, I'm sure you can I believe his his uh, his YouTube channel. Like, they clipped it. He talked about like, the weekend fights. It's like he's like it looked really weird, and it's like no. First of all, do you do you believe Tito Ortiz? Will ever take a dive? The dude has way too big of an ego to actually do that. Exactly. In front of Trump, nonetheless. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's so, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. That if there was anybody to take a dive, it wouldn't be him. Yeah. So I can't believe it was a conversation. But dude, Anderson, he got the job done. I mean, this one actually hell of a story. Uh, I actually saw this recently got reversed too. So it was originally. It was going to be – it was originally supposed to be a, a normal fight in California, right? Then it was turned – they actually hadn't announced it because they were actually – they hadn't made it official. They were going to turn it into an exhibition, right, mm-hmm. in California. Card gets moved to Florida. Okay, it's a real fight. Then apparently the Athletic Commission said that it was an exhibition. Then they got clarification. Apparently somebody earlier this morning got clarification. This was a real fight. So there's been <laughs> – so there's there's a lot of up in the air about whether these fights are real or not. Apparently the main event was an exhibition, and so was David Hay, uh, Joe Fournier. I don't see a point in talking about that one because really nothing happened. Like like there's no real point in talking about that. Yeah, one. he dropped him though. He, he, he dropped. Did you watch the knockdown though? No, I didn't. No, I, don't I think missed I, it. I literally missed it. I literally, I, it was literally the round before. I was actually kind of sad. Yeah, it looked like a slip. It looked like a slip entirely. And hey man, what do you expect about two guys who are like? what late 40s 50 you know like boxing each other like and one's been out of the game so long and the other guy trains like on a regular basis but has never fought like uh like the highest level boxer hey man yeah credit though he stuck in there with him though he did stuck in there with him did did get touched up a fuck ton though but there were some decent exchanges in there but Mm -hmm. i'm sure like way longer training camp you know you know best conditioning that he could get oh no 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 chance you know Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I just want to go and say this much. Uh, full credit to Anderson. Like, yeah, I, I, I said it. Like, I, I wrote a column earlier this week, and I was like, this is, he's finally getting his retirement tour. The UFC did the standard throw you at younger guys and kick you the fuck out routine. And now it took him going to boxing. It took him being 46, but he's finally getting, like, he's finally getting, you know, his flowers, so to speak. Like, he's, man, he's getting it. And he's getting paid. And he's getting fucking paid, too, he's man. He's getting paid, too. Like, And this is basically a gimme. This is basically a tune-up, which is interesting because, like, he he obviously – something I also mentioned during the build-up for this fight is, like, he beat an actual boxer. We can argue on whether or not who is his shooter is a good boxer at this point in time. He's still being, though. 
it wasn't that long ago that he was fighting Dan, like Daniel Jacobs and guys of top two caliber and fighting in world championship fights. Like he still he was only 35 years old. The fight before that he got a knockout win against Jason Miranda, I believe his name is. So if you want to argue he's a world title challenger, no, he's not. He's still a relatively good boxer compared to what Anderson should be. And he beat an actual boxer, and they put him in there with Tito. We knew it was going to happen. He got the dominant win. What's next? That's the interesting part. That's Isn't that crazy? They were asking what's next for Anderson Silva at this point? The age of 46, dude. What is next, Josh? What could they do? Something fun. Something that would – what could they do, Josh? Do you have any ideas? I know I know we're kind of nearing the end here, and I'm kind of extending it out. But I just want to know, is there, any, is there anything you'd like? Is there anything they could realistically do? You know – I think there's a couple of different things. I think um, the Paul brothers, Jake, Logan said he would only do it if it's like an exhibition. Mm-hmm. And Anderson's team did not want that. That's why negotiations fell apart whenever they were talking earlier this year. That's what, that's what I personally heard, um, is that they wanted to do an exhibition. Anderson wanted a real fight. And um, that's why that one fell apart. So that won't happen. Um, unless Logan decides he want to do a real fight, which there's no real incentive for him to do. Jake said he won't do it because Anderson's too old and blah 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 blah. We like we we know why he won't do it. Like mm-hmm. there's there's minimal upside for him if he beats Anderson. It's Anderson's old and full. I mean I mean full credit to him. I'm not blaming him for not taking the fight. And the more likely outcome is he fights Anderson and loses. So I don't think that will happen. Man, Vitor better... I thought made sense, but Vitor doesn't. They don't seem to have a whole lot of interest in running that back, like doing a rematch under and under boxing rules. I think that'd be awesome, but they don't seem to have interest. I have no idea what the fuck is next for Anderson. I have no clue. Bro, he needs to start calling out Andre Ward, bro. He needs to start calling out Andre Ward out of retirement. <laughs> calling out Canelo, dude. Calling out Canelo. No, dude, Andre Ward, come on. You gotta pull him <laughs> out of retirement. And then they can set up the Canelo fight. I honestly don't know um, what what will happen. Like, if, I'm sure so they'll many... find something. They'll find something fun for him. I don't know. Is there anybody he needs to get revenge on? Is there anybody he can get revenge on? I don't know. GSP? No, I was kidding. They wouldn't do no, that. GSP wouldn't do it unless it's, unless it's an exhibition. Although, it's possible that he would do it. No, like, it's, not even, it's not even that. It's fuck Dana, if anything, right now. Fuck yeah. Dana from preventing great things from happening just yeah. to spite people. You know, fuck, fuck people making money, right, Dana? Just fuck them, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens, though, man. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Just wait. Just wait for the big announcement. We'll wait. But as far as our show goes, is there anything else we want to talk about before we close out? No, not right now, man. I mean, obviously, next week's a big week for us with uh, with all the, the stuff going on. And it's going to be a fucking banger of a show. And, I mean, football this last week was fucking insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't get to, like, fully appreciate that. But just sports this last week were kind of crazy. Obviously, no, no MMA. No MMA, sadly. That was the one thing I was missing in my week. I obviously I did have my daily dose of... Uh, uh, Daniel White's contender series, but man, it, it it only fills in so much, you know, for me. It doesn't it doesn't, you know, fill me up. You know, I'm still a little hungry for more. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, it was a fun show this weekend. I thought it was a fun week of sports. Obviously, next week will be even more fun, honestly. Um, but as far as the show goes, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed. I'm at Josh Shevinoff on Twitter at he's at Angeltego underscore O one. At Courts of Sound 1, for all things leading the show, shout out Rogue Energy, Code Sound off at Check for 10% off. Out, shout out Dopey at Courtside. Excuse me. Um, use Code Sound off on that one as well. Get 10% off. Go to at Dopey on Twitter. Tell them we sent you. Um, as far as it goes, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Peace and butt grease. Must click.